This is Digital Marketing Fastlane. This podcast will show you how to build, launch, grow, and scale a widely successful online business. Listen to real conversations with proven practical strategies and success stories. You're going to learn how to generate more traffic, more sales, more profit, and customer lifetime value for your online store. Coming to you from the online marketing experts at Boy Media, here's your host, Kevin Urrutia. Um, okay, perfect. So, you know, first question, tell me a little bit about yourself, you know, and your business that you started. I think your business is a little different than most businesses that we've had. So I think that'll be a great perspective um, into knowing how you kind of started that. Sure. So my business is almost 31 years old. So it's been a little while. And uh, I started as a professional organizer. I was fired from my second job out of college. I was angry. I decided I was never working for anyone again. And I had to come up with something. And I thought I was a little bit more organized than most of the creative people I knew. So I just said, okay, I'm going to be a professional organizer. And as I sat with my artist friends and their piles of papers, there was always something at the bottom that had to do with self-promotion that they weren't doing. And it was just so consistent that I thought this must be the real problem. And so I just started helping them, you know, answer the letter. I mean, it was like those pink messages, like someone had called and left a message saying, please send me information about your stuff. And they had never done it. It was that type of thing. So I said, all right, let's, let's send those people some information. Let's get the word out. So it just evolved from there into a business helping creative people market their services and do the business side. So it's marketing and pricing and dealing with problem clients and knowing what to say in different types of situations, which is just tricky for creatives and individuals when they're so close to their business. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I just help kind of figure out what's the right thing to say in all different sorts of situations to take the best care of yourself that you can. No, that's that's funny because we kind of get that too here when we work with some clients where they're just so involved in their business and they don't have the right processes or even people in place to take them out of that and are so caught up in kind of like the day-to-day of everything versus, you know, maybe having an operations person or someone like yourself to sort of guide them and say, this is what you need to do. This is how you should do things. Um, whereas like, you know, we tell, like we always tell these other entrepreneurs, it's like the business is running you. You're not running the business mm-hmm. because you're so caught up into it. Um, but yeah, exactly what you're saying. It reminds me of a book well, about that that I've read. Talk to someone about this, kind of like a baker. They get so caught up into their own business where, you know, um, they think they can make the person, they are the only ones that can make the perfect recipe. They can't hire somebody else because they don't, they're not going to make the perfect recipe like them. But then you always tell them like, hey, like if this person that you hire can at least make it 90% as good, you can focus on growing your business and showing people all the great cakes and stuff that you can make for your for the bakery, that way you can get more clients, you can get more business. Perfect. And then sort of like this, how long was that transition, you know, when you kind of were, were doing this, that you're like, hey, like, this is a business, like there's other people like this that I, I need to help, basically I need to help. It didn't take long to notice what was happening, but it has taken many years to evolve it and to narrow into the markets that I now focus on and specialize in, my niche, if you will, which is creative professionals, designers of all sorts, copywriters, other types of writers, consultants, photographers, et cetera. 
I mean, I didn't know I needed a niche until maybe 15 years ago. Mm. So, um, and I feel like that's why it took so long because I didn't know. Now everybody knows they need a niche, even if they, you know, resist it or rail against the idea of it. But still, you know, people choose their vendors based on how much you know about what they're trying to do. So the more you can specialize, the more likely people people yeah. are going to you know choose you basically yeah that totally makes sense because even here like when we talk to clients we always tell people like yeah we do e-commerce and then also facebook and instagram those are basically our two main things that we do and exactly said like we had last week saying hey i want to work with you guys because you guys only focus on this industry versus a little bit of everything but it's exactly what you said like when we first started uh like guess the agency uh, we were always were like, what should we do? And then we realized we niche down because exactly what you said. You don't, you fight it as an entrepreneur. Like always some people like you fight it. Like even with other brands that we work with, like they have a product and they think the product's for everything, but we're like, okay, who's it really for? Cause that's gonna make everything much easier. You know who your advantages are, you know who to target, you know how to write your copy and creatives. Yeah, it's, it's so funny. Yeah, you need to niche down and then eventually you can maybe go bigger. But that takes time and mm -hmm. lots of years of refining your audience because you're building that brand loyalty. Exactly. Perfect. And then sort of like when you're kind of making your business or consulting business, how did you kind of think about it? Like as in, you know, the process of, you know, making your website, going to events, finding, you know, other people that you didn't know that were your friends or was it more word of mouth? How, how did you think about building it essentially? Um, it was very intuitive. So I didn't really think about building it. I just needed to support myself. And, you know, because as you know, when you're self-employed, no one's paying you unless you do the work and find clients. And so that's a bit of a motivator. And my strategy has always been to listen to the market, to let the market tell me what it needs. And I think one of the things that gets in people's way is that they have a fixed idea of what they want to do or who they want to be or what they want to provide. And... If you go out looking instead for a need in the market that you can fill and then say, this is the need I'm going to fill, or this is where my skills and talents are best served, then you carve out that niche. That's basically how you do it. You don't like come up with a niche. You listen to the market and let the market tell you and guide you. And I feel like that's often what people don't want to do. They just want to stay in their little box or in front of their computer and wait for the work to come. So... I mean, to me, it was really just always go out, see what I can learn, see what people need, and then, you know, say, yes, I could do that. Yeah. Then no, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, we tell, it's, it's our time. We, I think of things too. Like we were an agency, but like I said, we do e-commerce, but there's clients that want us to do Google ads, Twitter ads, mm. and they're coming to us with a need. And we're, in the beginning, we're like, oh, we don't want to do that. But like, we've gone, we've specialized, we've hire people to help us do that because clients want it. Why, why we're going to limit ourselves to something that we know we can sort of build internally and help them out, especially if they're ready with us. Mm -hmm. uh, if they with like email marketing, for example, um, we, we now offer that because people want it. And like, we're like, Hey, like if you want it, yeah, we can do it. We'll learn it and be good at it. That way we can provide you a really good service. Did you have like any sort of business background or is everything kind of like learning as you go? Cause I know most people we talk to think like, Oh, you need to know, web design, HTML, all this sort of like WordPress to get started in business and they get so caught up in like all this web stuff. Look, I am a huge fan of education and I wish 
when I was younger, I valued education because I think I would have gotten further quicker, but I didn't. And I was really just going on common sense more than anything and trying to help with the basics of marketing. And, you know, the only background I would say I had is that I grew up in a family that was self-employed. Everyone in my family was self-employed and we were always working. So, you know, to me, that's what you do. You work and you figure it out. Yeah, no, exactly. Like most of the best entrepreneurs that we worked with are, you know, their founders have no experience in, you know, making any sort of e-commerce product. They say like, we just, I always ask them like, Hey, how'd you find out this niche? How'd you find out how to manufacture this? Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, I just went to Google and, you know, asked a bunch of questions and wrote them down and then started making phone calls. And then, you know, that's how I got into it. And yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I always tell people like, you gotta be curious in any business because if you're not curious, then what's going to drive you? What's going to make you find that solution since launching? What have, what have you seen as been like, key movers in your business or just like your personal life in this sort of industry, that niche that you're basically carved out for yourself? You know, to me, you have to have the long view. You have to be patient Mm -hmm. and marinate people in what I think of as kick-ass content. You have to stay in touch with them on a regular basis so that they can get to know you and begin to trust you so that when the time is right, they think of you and know how to reach you. That's the key. And so I never really trust someone who, you know, wants to hire me the first day they meet me or talk to me because they don't know enough yet about what the reality is of what I can, what I can offer. And they, they're mostly just full of dreams about what they want. And it's usually not very realistic. So I like to marinate people in my content until they're ready to actually say, all right, I'm going to do the work and I understand what it takes. And the way I do that is through my quick tips. I have an email newsletter that I send out every two weeks. Uh, I'm very consistent with it. So people, like they trust that consistency. Also, if you just keep doing something over and over, then they they don't see you as fly by night, which is definitely one of the problems with a lot of people doing their marketing is that they don't do it consistently. And so you never kind of create this impression of solidity. But if you do your marketing regularly, then you are a solid resource. And people, when again, when the time is right, will find you and reach out to you. Going, going on that, how long do you, like when someone first, I guess the first touch point with you and, and then you say, okay, this person's an ideal client. Do you know what that timeline is? Like six, seven months of like reading your content, maybe looking at some of your presentations? Years. Years. Wow. Years. So I've had year. people, I mean, I told you, I've been in business 30 years. I've had people on my list for 20 years. And some of the times they, they don't even reach out to me yeah. until after 10 years. Wow. That's, so it's like a very long term. And then once, yes. basically, once they come with you, they're, you basically have them forever in their whole lifetime. Well, not necessarily. I mean, there are waves. People come and go. I have old clients. For some reason right now, old client, a lot of old clients are coming back. back. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. But, you know, they're just, there's seasons to it. And so I'm very detached, truthfully. And I'm like, okay, I'm here if you need me, you know, take what you can use, go away, use it, come back. You know, there's no, there's no need to hold on. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. And then for something like this, you, you've written books and, you know, have you seen the books help you? Like, you know, we always tell people like writing a book, you can become an authority. Have you, have you seen the books help your business and success 
as like yeah, the, the book is a marketing tool. I mean, I've got seven books, so I don't need to write anymore at this point. You don't write them for the money. You write them because people are impressed yep. that you wrote a book. And how, how was writing that first book or like that feeling of, you know, I got to write my first book is when was your, when your first came, book came out maybe 10 years ago, I think. I think it was longer than that. I think it might've been 2001, like around 2001. Okay. You may, you may know better than I do cause I can't remember, but, um, but, and, and I didn't know it was my first, right? I mean, I knew it was my first, but I didn't know there would be seven. So I didn't think of it that way. Uh, and uh, actually what happened is kind of a funny story. I was involved with How Magazine, which is a magazine for the graphic design world. And they had a publishing company also. And some of the other people who spoke at their conference, like I did, had written books for them. And oh. I was like, how come they didn't ask me to write a book? And I said that to my therapist and she said, why don't you ask them? Like, oh, good idea. So I did. And they said, oh, good idea. Here's a book we want you to write. And they gave me the title and I was like, okay, I can write that book. Yeah. And that was the beginning. Oh my God. That's so funny. That's good. That's, that's really right? good. <laughs> just like, oh, so, I, so now because now you're known publisher, seven books. It's just crazy. I'm just like, oh my God, that's a lot of work and a lot of writing and a lot of processes that you get to go through just to get them published. And it, is it, has it, mm -hmm. it all still through How Magazine, all your other seven, six books? There's seven altogether, but not all of them were. One was a, a PR for Dummies book. Another one was a book through Career Press called Stop Pushing Me Around, a workplace guide for the timid, shy, and less assertive. Um, and then I think the rest of them were for, for designers through how the creative professionals guide to money was the last one. And like for your business, do you, have you, has it always been yourself or have you had partners? Have you had employees, um, contractors, anything like that sort of, how have yeah. you thought about that through your whole, I guess, career of running your current business? Yeah, no, I have had a lot of support uh, and that kind of waxes and wanes as well. I had a partner for a little while who really kind of pushed on the side of creating um, products, downloadable information products. And I'm still doing a lot of that. And he went off on his, his own. Uh, I have several contractors who support me. I have designers, of course, and copywriters and assistants and um, you know, people who I delegate to, but it, it took me a while to learn, you know, how to delegate and, um, and how to, how to let go of the things that aren't all that important and let someone else do them. Okay. That's, and then right now, is it currently yourself or other? Just no, I've got more people helping me than I ever have actually, cause it's been very busy. So I think yeah. I have five people helping me. Oh, wow. And then, do you guys have a office in, in Savannah or is no. it? Remote? It's all totally virtual. Oh, wow. And you, do you, going back on the virtual, do you see that as like a benefit to a new company starting out? Because obviously, I think there's some benefits to that just because there's no rent. Um, you can all communicate online. Anybody can work kind of like whenever they want. What do you, how do you think of a remote work versus, you know, I guess you know, an office work for, for a new business or a new entrepreneur? I mean, I, well, I mean, the thing about remote work is that you're not limited by location. So, you know, I would be limited to the designers and the audio engineers in 
New York or New Jersey if I had if they had to come into an office and now I can choose the best designer in Las Vegas and the best audio engineer in Portland, Oregon and you know my assistant is in Detroit mm -hmm. so um, it's just really nice it makes it the the choices um, much more uh, available yeah exactly yeah same same the way we think about remote too is or even just contractors is there's some really good people in Europe like we've hired programmers in Ukraine that are just really good and they're easy to talk to easy to communicate with they're always on Skype and you know they just it's also helpful I think as a business owner too because it helps you develop a process of a person not being there and then we use a Trello board yeah. to track this yeah. is the features you're working on this is what you're doing and it helps you just become more process driven not relying on not hey let's just keep in touch every 20 minutes and not really having a system in place. Mm -hmm. um, when you think about like hiring people, do you use any of those like uh, third-party websites like Upwork, Craigslist, or is it more like sort of math, stuff like that? Yeah. I don't. Um, how do I find people? It's, I mean, people find me, so that is not a problem for me because I have such a wide pool of freelancers that I work with that I just, and, and I have the luxury actually, actually of getting to work with people before I hire them to make sure that they're, you know, they have integrity and they're reliable. So um, I have not used those services. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we've, I mean here, I've used Upwork a lot. It just makes it easy access, but like I said, yeah, word of mouth or even people that you meet at meetups, sometimes you're good. But like, I guess another advice that you gave other people is, you want to tr at least ex try working with them for a few months in order to see if they're going to be good for, for your business. If right. they're going to, even with like employees that you hire in-house, you want to, within the first three months, you can really tell if someone's going to work out because sure. you know, the first week is always the best. And then it's like, you start right. what's, how, how they really think. How reality. They, yeah, the reality, yeah. We always tell people hiring is probably one of the hardest things mm. ever do. And it's either you hire Either you hire too late, or you hire too fast, or you, or you fire too slow, or you fire too mm, fast. It's right. never perfect, and uh, it's just so tough. And I always tell new entrepreneurs that like that's probably going to be the hardest things you're going to do. Especially, I always think I always think especially starting out because it's going to be your first time doing it, and then you're going to become attached to this person mm. that you want to train and make better, mm -hmm. and they're not reciprocating that. Um, so that's something to always. Um, you know, you, you, I, I felt that when I first started out too, it's like the first person you really want to make them this great person that you think that you are and can be. And but, uh, sometimes it doesn't work out, you know? Mm -hmm. um, okay. So for running your business, like what are some tools that you currently use to run it? It could be your website. It could be payments. It could be, you know, or sort of, you know, what are your everyday tools that you, that you use to run your business? So for time management, I use function Fox which was designed for creative professionals. It's like a project management and time management system. Um, my site is a Shopify site because I sell information products, so that works well. Uh, I also host two podcasts and I use Zencaster for the podcasts. And uh, for my to-do list, I don't have any project management software. I just have paper. I like paper. I yeah. need it right in front of me. How do you, uh, it's funny that you host two podcasts. How do you like, is it like weekly episodes, monthly episodes? How do you have so much time to do all this stuff? 
uh, I don't waste my time on frivolous, silly, distractible things. And um, the, the podcasts are every other week. Okay. And one is the Marketing Mentor podcast, so that's for my business. And the other is the How Design Live podcast, which is for the event that I'm part of, the How Design Live conference. I love, I mean, I love podcasts. It's probably one of my favorite. I think, yeah. like, I don't know, I just love it. I'm listening, running it. Like, I'm always, I can never keep up because I have so many podcasts. I just, it's a lot. I'm just like, what are some of like, your favorite podcasts that you have besides like your own? <laughs> besides my own. Um, I, you know, what's funny. I don't really listen to business podcasts. I like, um, my favorite one is called Making Sense with Sam Harris. It's kind of a philosophy and he's a philosopher and neuroscientist and he just talks to people about important issues. So I like that. Uh, I like the daily from the New York times. Uh, I like uh, one from the, from the BBC called the life, my life, the life scientific, which is interviews with uh, scientists. I like to hear scientists talk and how they think. Um, those are my three top favorites at the moment. Yeah, I love the Daily. It's a great podcast. I also really like Entrepreneur on Fire with John, John Lee Dumas. Hmm. Um, I also listen to some digital marketer, like digital marketer podcast. Talks about Facebook ads, so I love that one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know, I love podcasts and I just wish, like, I love audiobooks as well, but I wish there were just, the audiobooks were a little bit more interactive, kind of like podcasts are. For some reason, it's like, it's kind of like a similar genre, you're hearing it but the books just don't get me the, I mean, podcasts just get me more excited than I guess pod, uh, books, but that's uh, <laughs> funny. I love podcasts. And how, when did you like, for something like a podcast, cause like, you do a lot of speaking, writing books and my podcast, so you're distributing your content everywhere. Is that kind of like, you're saying this before, like people hear you everywhere, listen to you and see you. Like, is that, was that always part of the strategy? When did you decide that you need to be everywhere? For people to like know you and well it's not that i need to be everywhere but you definitely need to provide the content in formats that um apply to people's preferences some people like to listen some people like to read some people like to watch and i don't know i'm just a content machine i constantly have ideas and it doesn't take me long to um act on them so I just put it out in as many different places as possible, but it wasn't really the strategy. Like I need to be everywhere. I just want to distribute my content. And so I do it in, in the, in the ways that make sense for not so much for me, but for the people that I'm trying to reach. Hmm. And like, has, has, the, has you ever had like a fear of like, you know, putting yourself out there? Like let's say you're, you're speaking, you're doing your podcast. Is that, I know other entrepreneurs are always afraid to like, I mean, for me in the beginning, I was always afraid to like put myself out there and be like, oh, this is Kevin and this is what he's doing. Was that something that, you know, you've had maybe starting, starting early on and how did you maybe overcome that? Or like maybe you tell your other creative people that like, hey, <laughs> something you need to do or. Here's the thing. A lot of people use the word fear when really I think they're talking about anxiety, number one. And most of the anxiety is self-imposed and manufactured as a way to not do what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. And I think that action essentially eliminates the anxiety and the fear. And the way to overcome it and to get to the action is to realize that it's not about me. It has nothing to do with me. Most people 
people are not actually listening. They're not looking at me. They're totally focused on themselves. And maybe one little thing will get in from time to time. But the people who are anxious and afraid of putting themselves out there, I think don't understand like they're, they're too self-absorbed and self-focused. They don't understand that what's important is the message. Whatever message you have that's going to help people, that's what you need to disseminate. And if you have, a lot of people talk about imposter syndrome as if they don't believe that what they have to offer has value. And again, you know, I think that is like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You're not the one to decide if it has value. It's not your place to judge. You just put it out there. And if people want to use it, then great. If they don't, don't worry about it. Yeah, that, that's, that's really good advice. Because um, I, I feel kind of what you said, like that sometimes too, when I'm talking to other entrepreneurs or when I'm speaking, um, just like the imposter syndrome gets me, even though I'm like, I've been doing this for a few years and I still like, I don't know, I just feel like at night, it's mostly like myself in my head. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know if I'm going to be good for tomorrow. It's, I don't know. I, I just, sometimes I, I just feel that way too. It's just so crazy mentally, mental thoughts that I have. But I, I know it's like what you said, it's just like you're self-imposed and kind of have to like reiterate those, kind of what you said to myself, like, hey, like some people will care about this, even though like I might not know as much, but I think I know a little bit more than some people and I think it's going to be helpful. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do with our new podcast that we're releasing and I'm just like, oh, there's so many podcasts. But then I was like, just reading some stats on it, like yesterday, how there's only 600,000 podcasts out there. That's so really? compared to how many websites and web pages there are, there's mm-hmm. millions of websites. So I was like, there's still so much room for podcasters to like get into, even though I might not be the best speaker, but I still think I have a message that I want to learn or listen about. Mm-hmm. So perfect. I was, that was good advice. I love that one. I got to watch that one again. Um, Watch that one. This is my second to last question is what's like some good starting advice that you would give to entrepreneurs or people that you work with that when they first come to you on sort of, you know, how to get started and how to, you know, just basically jump into, you know, showing themselves or showing their business out there. Uh, Well, in a way it's related to what we were just talking about because people put obstacles in their own way and they complicate things. And so my advice is usually, start really small, keep it really simple. I find people over prepare and they want all their quote unquote ducks in a row or everything to be perfect, the website to be perfect, the LinkedIn profile to be perfect before they start connecting with people. And really all that matters is connecting with people. So I try to get people just ready enough that they look professional, but not so ready that when they need to shift or pivot or adjust what they're doing, they're so attached to what they came up with in the first place that they don't want to change it because you're going to have to change it. You know, no matter where you start, it's not where you're going to end up. So you just have to be really flexible and start getting out, talking to people, getting feedback, learning, and then apply what you learn and just keep evolving whatever it is that you're offering. Perfect. And so do you have like any, like, I guess, success stories from recent people that you've maybe worked with that, you know, like how they started or, and then now it's like the super famous person or something, uh, a good case study that you have. Super famous. Not me famous, but some of the like, maybe, you know, internet famous or creative famous in that niche. That You know, to me, it's actually not about fame. It's about 
self-satisfaction and autonomy. So to me, a success story is when someone comes to me and they don't know what to do and I guide them to the point where they realize that actually now they do know what to do and they can take care of themselves and they can go get the clients they want and they know exactly what to do and they're not afraid to fire clients who are not following the rules, if you will, or untrainable or untamable. To me, that's what success is. It's not about big clients or big budgets or anything like that. It's can you, can you ha have the confidence to have the freedom to do whatever you want to do in your business? That's what I'm really trying to cultivate here is autonomy and confidence in people in their own resources. Great. Thank you so much for that. And last question is, Elise, where can, I guess, our, our readers go to learn more about yourself? your websites, your podcasts, how can people connect with you? Yeah, my hub is my website, which is marketing-mentor.com. Don't forget the hyphen. And uh, the blog is there. The quick tips are there. You can sign up for a free 30-minute mentoring session. I offer that. The podcasts are there. The YouTube channel is there. All my content lives there. I have a couple of creative live courses, video courses that are there. Everything is on marketing-mentor.com. Marketing-mentor.com. Please thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. And I learned a lot. Good. This week's episode of Digital Marketing Fastlane was brought to you by the performance marketing experts at Voy Media. Join us again next time as we'll be bringing you more tips, techniques, and know-how to make your online business the very best that it can be. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, we'd love to hear them on Twitter at Voy Media. Thank you.